My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. When we think of our life with the Messiah, what, what comes to mind? Well, we should recognize that he is, he is our life. Without him, you know, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We have the foretaste of, of the blessings. We have fellowship. We have just the joy, the, a heart that loves the scripture. All because of Messiah? What's that? All because of Messiah? All because of Messiah. Yeshua, Messiah, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, yo. Well, it's Wednesday, March 6, 2019. This is Messiah Matters number 256. Ready for snow? Moses Lake, here I come. My name is Caleb Hegg. And not going to Moses Lake this week, <laughs> but on the other side of the same state, I'm Rob Banoff. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it sounded like like right when I clicked in. It was loud. Well, that was loud. But then right when I clicked in our sound, it sounded like the music went into a tin box. I wonder if that oh. happened over here. I want to take the geography TRI course. Anyone else? Heck Yes. Dude, Ariel Berkowitz is a fun teacher to, to learn from. He is. He has a different style than that's the that's the nice thing about all the teachers at Torah Resource Institute. All of them have a completely different style. So each Absolutely. each each teacher is going to be a totally different learning experience, even in the way that they present, not just the way that they present, but also in the way that they grade and the way that they um, make sure that you understand what they're talking about. And and Bible geography is such an awesome. I mean, it's it's such an awesome topic and how you know how it relates you know how, how it relates to like for example like my sister and i have this tremendous blessing to go to the land next month and i'm telling her about like yeah she's like can we go to hezekiah's tunnel and i'm like totally we're gonna do hezekiah's tunnel right and i told her i said where well, it comes out at the pool of siloam and what you'll see is like you're way 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 downhill from where the temple would be and that's where yeshua healed a paralytic and then when you see it's like oh it wasn't like the guy was like like the temples here and like down the street there's a guy who can't move and right. he's by a pool it's like major geographical uh, like uh impact on that story when you see and and do actually you know schlep up up the, that yeah, hill exactly. and you're like wow think about how hard it is just to climb up there uh with you good to you know two good legs right you know let yep. alone a guy who, who can't do anything. And so just that was just one tiny example. So Ariel going over that course is going to do a wonderful job of bringing the scriptures to light in light of the, the geography of the land. Yeah. Well, the other thing about that class is that Ariel, um, you know, he sometimes acts as a tour guide in Israel. He lives in Israel. And so, uh, you know, in his description of the course, he talks about, you know, it would be this course is intended for people to come to the land, but since no one's since it's too much money, we have to do it online, which is fine. But then, you know, when you're taking the class, you can get the sense that Ariel has a, a good lay of the land. Sure. Yeah. You know, he's he's been there, he's been to these spots, he's he's telling you what, you know, what he's seen. Uh it's it's really a very yeah, it's a good course. And there's some cool uh, videos, like YouTube videos, that are accompanying each right. of these lessons done by, uh, that are part of that Satellite Bible Atlas um, product, which is really good. Right. Satellite Bible Atlas, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, and, uh, that's a product plug. And you know I don't, what? I don't think you can get it through Tor Resource, but you can yeah. get it online. But you know what? I'll tell you. Uh, the other thing about Ariel's geography course is that it's one of the cheapest on oh yeah in the spring well, all our channel. courses man they're all very inexpensive Meaning, when i say cheap not like poor quality but right. like they're we, we do that on purpose and, and we the reason we're able to do that is because we have such amazing donors who want right. to support the school and subsidize the right. the cost of tuition right um and so we are 
I'm just eternally grateful to the Lord for all the amazing, amazing support that we have and, and that we get to do what we do and sharpen our skills. Right. Because of that support. Right. Yeah. And uh, if you want to, if you're going to Moses Lake for the conference tomorrow, no, Friday, uh, come by my booth and I will sign you up for RL's geography class on the spot. On the spot. On the spot registration. I have. What's the name of the conference again? Oh, dude, why, why do you have to? Oh, like I, should, I should. It's have the asked C- C- Central Washington Messianic Conference. Okay, cool. Look it um, up. Or yeah. if you need info, you can he- email Caleb and he'll send it to you. Yes, that too. Awesome. I, to be, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know who the teachers are. I don't know who's speaking. I don't know what the topics are. I don't know if there's a theme. I know nothing. What I know is that I'm supposed to show up at 8 o'clock and I have a table. That's what <laughs> I know. And you'll have a cup of coffee. I'll have a cup of coffee in a Tor resource mug. And <laughs> yeah. I will be handing out Do you have pens. Any, are you taking any giveaways? Yeah, actually, I'm giving away. Uh, I'm doing a drawing for my father's uh, two-volume work on the book of Hebrews. And oh. then I'm doing... How about the upcoming feast book? We don't have it yet, so... No, I know, but like... Yeah, that, that would be a good one, too. A voucher. Huh? A voucher, yes. Or, or is that what you call that? Like, that we'll ship it to you, kind of, when it... Ruth in the chat room says, I'm leading worship. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Oh, we, have, cool. we have worship We have a worship leader for the conference in the chat room. Love that. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually very excited. It's going to be good. It's in Moses Lake. And uh, wow, yeah. what a great name for a lake. I know, right? And, Moshe. And, local, local Messianics call it uh, Lake Moshe. And I stand, I stand corrected. <laughs> it's the Sorry. 2019 Central Washington Messianic Conference. Yeah, that's what I said, essentially. But uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. And uh, excited to be, you know, I, I'm going to guess that I'll probably know most of the people there. And uh, I'm going to do a drawing. And then actually, speaking about the Fall Festival book, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, for those who don't know, we are compiling uh, different articles, mainly from my father. I wrote three articles in there, and I compiled the uh, Passover Haggadah that's in there. And then uh, Rob also wrote an article in it. Um, and we compiled all of them. And uh, basically, we're, we've created a book out of it. It's almost 300 pages. And uh, so we had it proofed. We had it reproofed. And then we did a personal proof ourselves. Um, and we are literally putting the finishing touches on it. I, I'm hoping it'll go to the printer today. So, um, yeah, excited for that. I think what we'll do, there will probably be a pre-order about two weeks before it comes out. And when we launch the pre-order, we'll probably do a drawing. Um, and people will be able to put their their names in for a drawing. And then we'll do a live drawing. Speaking of drawings, Tor Resource is doing a drawing today on Facebook. Uh, there's five different gifts, including a $100 library, uh, year-long library uh, membership. So if you do not are not already signed up for the Roche Kodish drawing, go to, to the Tor Resource Facebook, and you can sign up there. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's put our producers up here. Um, and while they come up, we will also tell you that you can shoot us an email, chagatorresource.com, chagatorresource.com. You can also call us 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. That's an answering machine. You don't talk to us. Um, and after the, uh, fiasco of the live call-in show, <laughs> we'll never do that again. Um, okay. Yes. Wasn't bad. Well, Was except it? for the profanity that got on air. Oh, <laughs> that I quickly got that. cut. Uh, I'll never, I'll never forget watching Derek Pauly respond to that in the chat room. It was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Um, well, welcome everybody who is in the chat room. We are thirty-six people, is what I'm counting right now. Uh, awesome, and uh, it's it's great to have everybody in the chat room. It's always fun to see the uh, the different conversations. I see that we have people represented from South Africa today. Uh, All right, wow. Cool. That's like the that's like must be the opposite time of the day, right? I mean, South I that's basically on the other side of the planet. Yeah, and down. Yeah, like it's Ooh. like 
Other side of that's the equator, as, right? Yeah, that's yeah. about as far away you can get from where we live, probably. The toilets that. flush the opposite direction than here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, okay. No, oh, you mean like the d- drains? Yeah, yeah exactly. the drains. It drains will, around the other way. Yeah, like so, it's it doesn't have to be a toilet. Where are we? What are we talking about? Good gracious. Okay. <laughs> Uh, sorry, we're off in the weeds um, here while uh, <laughs> while we uh, while we continue to. Now, what's our topic? Did yeah, we talk question, about anything today? Question. Oh, uh, oh, did you do? Uh, did you talk about our uh, supporters? Uh, our become a supporter. Yeah, actually, we need to talk about that. That's one thing that we do actually oh. need to talk about real quick. Um, we haven't posted anything in our supporters area for a couple of weeks, and I apologize for that. That it comes down to the fact that we're very very busy. Um, and that's not a good excuse. I don't want to neglect our supporters. Um, but with that said, we are currently talking, and I don't know, hopefully we might get something up today for on that page, but it might be another week. And But we're going to try to make it up to you. And here's how we're going to try to make it up to you. Rob Van Hoff is going to Israel in April, and he is presenting a lecture. I don't even know exactly what he's presenting on. Don't tell me, because I want to be a part of, the, of this. Anyway, so... Um, he's going to be presenting in in Jerusalem, and um, so what he's been talking about is doing a pre-lecture online lecture. Here's where here's where I've this is the world I've been immersed in, and it has to do with uh, if you're interested in scri you know ancient scribal culture, if you're interested in you know you've heard about the Aleppo Codex or the Leningrad Codex or the Masora or you know, what's the vowel points and, and right. all that stuff. If you're interested in that stuff, you're going to want to uh, join this one night uh, online. We're going to use the same um, format or the same, uh, what do you call it? Platform. Uh, platform that Tim Haig uses for the Wednesday night Ephesian study. So it's right. gonna, if you've done the Ephesian study, you're going to be familiar with the format. I'll have a screen share. Some of it will be with my mug, but I'll also have uh, mostly images of manuscripts, and we'll be talking about that. And I have basic presentation I'll give, and then it'll be open Q&A, and I'll try to, I'll just do like Tim does. I'll pick from the chat box. But chats can are, are fluid throughout, although I won't be able to, you know me, and I, I have to really <laughs> guard the chat box. Um, here's, the, here, then, here, here's what we're going to do, though. Th- this is where the supporters come in. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to charge people. It's going to cost money to 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 uh, see the online lecture, so people buy tickets. Right, yeah, you'll have to register. However, not our supporters. Our yeah, supporters will be able to register for free. Yeah, and, yeah. So and Caleb's going to work all that out. So right, and and this is just uh, a way for you know to to support the trip to Israel. So um, it's just a little bit of. Uh, you know, we're not looking to get rich or anything like that. I don't even know if we're going to charge 10 bucks a person or we'll five figure, bucks we'll, or what. We'll figure, I, we'll, all we'll figure that, that out. That out. Yeah. Basically, the point is, is that you'll those who are uh, supporters of the show will be able to register for free uh, yeah. and won't have to pay for it. You'll be able to go and, and watch the whole thing and join. Exactly. In the fun. And then we will have that recorded. And I correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, but that will then be on the Messiah Matters more. Right. Uh, yep. So people would be able to watch it. Uh, site. So, so you don't have to be there live to That's right. to see it. But for those who pay and register, your opportunity will be the live. That's it's like a live event basically. Right. And so, but we we will get the the specific date and time, and it'll be in March. It'll be in the fairly soon. So next week or two. Uh, yeah. Or three. Awesome. All right. Let's jump in. Um, it's 1941, 1945 in South Africa, which is what? 745, which is the same time in Israel. It's 745 in Israel, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So 10 hours ahead. 10 hours. There you go. Rob surprises me. Um, so I'm not going to say that we might be a short show today because you know what? Rob surprises me. Um, but we have one topic to cover, and it's this. Charlene writes in, and she says, I have given the account 
of what is clean and what is unclean, and I have spoken about how the word of Peter is misused in the visions of foods. But And I agree with that, by the way, for those who don't know our position on this. Uh, I, and as I'm teaching through the book of Acts in, in, uh, in my congregation, uh, it's more apparent to me that this theme of unclean and clean uh, in terms of people rather than food, Gentile inclusion into the covenant is the main theme that runs all the way through Acts. And so much so that Paul is almost stoned by the Jews for it stoned to death by the Jews. He is stoned by the Jews for it. He's, he's almost stoned to death by the Jews for it. Okay. Anyway. But the one I get most hit with is Genesis 9-3. Everyone, moving, uh, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. I'm guessing that's KJV. So even when I try to show and tell from clean and unclean, it still causes arguments with my husband and I. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else to say to him or the people he teaches other than pray. I pray every day. So this is a good question. And uh, there's multiple ways that we could go on this. And one of the reasons why is, um, I mean, let's, let's look at this just from the way that I would have initially, because what's going to happen here is I'll give my initial what I would have said. And then Rob will come in and give a totally different understanding of it. An interpretation of it, which he's starting right. to win me over on. What I normally would have said is, we know that this is does not mean all food. And the reason why is because cannibalism is still not accepted by God or people. It says every moving thing. Well, humans move. So can we right. eat humans? Answer is no. Ask any Bible-believing Christian if God intends us to eat monkey. Probably not. Um, so there or is tarantulas or tarantulas or things that'll obviously kill you. Right. Um, you eat one of those, uh, bright frogs in the Amazon and guess what? You're not living. I don't think you can touch some of those. Isn't you it? Can't like even even touch. The, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so obviously this has to be, uh, th this doesn't mean every so what does it mean? The question is, yeah, we, we have limit. It seems like there's obvious limits, right. To, to this word all, uh, right. Yeah. And so, to me, the initial response that I would have had is, well, how does God clarify? All Scripture, you know, if, if somebody tells you that something is taught in Scripture and there's only one verse that they have to support it, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but there might be a different interpretation that that passage should be used for. In other words, what God has uh, done so wonderfully in his scriptures is he's made multiple witnesses of things. And so uh, scripture interprets scripture. And we see this, a, a perfect example of this, I'm, I know I'm on a rant right now, but a perfect example of this would be um, uh, th threads, you know, uh, making clothes with, with different threads. This is one of the questions that people who oppose the idea of Torah observance for Christians, one of the things that they always bring up, oh, well, do you wear clothes that have multiple threads. Well, if you look at both passages, because there's two passages in the Torah about this, it's specifically linen and wool. It's not any thread. Nets, right. right. Yeah. Um, so uh, scripture interprets scripture. Um, and so the question is that I would have for this, especially in the initial uh, reading of this verse, where is the other witness for us being able to eat all things? Now, some people might uh, instantly turn to the apostolic scriptures in a place like Peter's vision or, or Mark 7 or something like this. But the question is, is after this, then what happens? After this passage takes place, then the kosher laws are given, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not dispensationals. It's not, you know, God's holiness is God's holiness. His holiness is offended by sin. So sin is always going to be sin. Actually, this is one of the arguments that you could use against, uh, you know, something like homosexual marriage. A lot of people uh, who believe that that's done away with is, oh, yeah, well, you know, that was then, this is now. No, God's holiness never changes. So sin, the one sin is always going to be a sin. Okay, Rob, totally demolish my, uh, my understanding of this and educate. Class is in session. <laughs> 
Um, what there is a verse that people will use just to answer that. Is there uh, Psalm twenty four, verse one, where it says, "The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness," right? And that's because Paul quotes that in First Corinthians ten, talking about uh, this whole food thing. And we're, this is beyond what we're going to get today, but uh, but there's a specific understanding of of what that means as well. Um, good, yeah. So thanks for the the the, the setup. Uh, what was her name again? Her name is Charlene. Charlene, thank you, Charlene. Awesome question. This is. This is a great question because, and obviously, as you know, you're not the first person to ask it and you're not going to be the last person to ask it. And so this is good. And there's, um, there's multiple, Caleb's talking about threads, multiple threads here behind how I, I will approach this here. And they'll, they're kind of weaved together, but hopefully it won't be wool and linen. It won't be a forbidden blend here. Dude, we're getting into dad um, joke territory here. Yeah, so so let's first let's zero in right on nine three, uh, and look at the context of Genesis nine three, and but to to appreciate nine three, we kind of and remember the Bible verses and number you know chapter numbers stuff. This was later, so we have to kind of we're like looking at that one verse, and then what we're going to do is we're going to zoom up like we're in a helicopter, right? We're going to just go up and we're going to get a bigger sense of of the territory where we are. And as we go back, we, we can look at the context because it, it's a, a reasonable place, I think, to, to mark a, a beginning, because obviously if you go back far enough, you get to in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we will get to Genesis one in this, but to what our Bibles marks as eight verse 20 is a good place to start here. And it says, Noah, uh, Noah built a Mizbeach, which is an altar. And that word uh, implies from the word Zavach, which is slaughtering place, right? It's a place to slaughter animals right. and to um, offer them. Okay, so we're, we're talking about animal slaughter here. Right. Um, and he took, and then it says, from all the the animals that were tehorah, pure. Now, uh, for example, the NASB, which I have on my computer here, says clean animal. And then it says, from every bird that was tahor. And the reason you have the difference between tehorah for the animal and, and tahor for the bird is just because the adjective has to match the noun it's modifying. So behemah, the beast or the animal, is feminine in gender and so it has to have Torah whereas oh the word for bird is masculine so it doesn't so that it's the same core and then it says and he offered them as a as olot as burn offerings upon the mizbeach that he had built okay so he's there's blood you know and the torah is just taking us really quickly through this but um how long do you think verse 20 took Right. I mean, eight verse 20, he took from all of those. And, and so remember, he uh, these were already defined, as we know, from the ark, which he took away uh, before the flood to according to God's command to preserve. And with the animals that were Tehorah or Tahor, they were uh, kept in a greater number. No, hang on. Have you translated the word Tahor for everyone? So oh, they know? pure. It, it, uh, I, I say pure. Um it has to do with something that's acceptable in God's eyes, and we'll learn that in the next in the next verse here. Um, but obviously, whatever Tahor meant to Noah, he understood that it divided the animal kingdom into animals that were Tahor, into animals in this subcategory versus all the others that were not of that category. Now, the word it's important here, and I know we're going to get into the weeds, and it might it might slow us down from what we can accomplish today on this topic, but the word tame is not occur in yet in the Torah. Tame okay. is tame that means, word defile, yeah. things that are uh, tame. All all we see here with the story of Noah is tahor or tehorah, things that are pure, and then things lo tehorah, things that are not tehorah. So the simple division of the animal kingdom here is a subset of the kingdom, and they're given the label tahor or tehorah, and 
Everything else is low, not that. And we know from verse 21, it says, Vayarach Adonai et Reach Hanikoach. And Adonai smelled the pleasing aroma, right? That means, what, what does it mean? It means that it was acceptable, that Noah's worship was acceptable. And what that means is a couple things. It means, A, that, that Noah chose the right animals, right? But it means also that it wasn't just external obedience. If Noah was like, man, I don't even believe in God, but I'm, but you know, I know what he wants. I know what I'm supposed to do. So I'll just do it just for show or something, you know, which sounds silly to us. But by the time you get to Isaiah chapter one, you have just that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Lord says your offerings are a stink to me. They right. stink to me. But it's you're a hard doing issue. It. Your Shabbats, your Sabbath keeping stinks to me. Right. But they're doing all this outward stuff. And, but the heart's not right. And so this is later in Isaiah, he says, you know, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What does that mean? That means they're offering clean animals. And sure, the animal might be acceptable in and of itself. It's an appropriate animal to offer, but the heart of the one offering it is not, is not repentant. It is not a living a godly life. It does not prioritize love of God and love of neighbor, et cetera, et cetera. But yet they're outwardly performing public religious acts. That's the kind of thing that stinks to the Lord. And so verse 21 confirms Noah's faith and obedience. Otherwise it wouldn't, you know, it's, it's the same way we've been talking about, you know, on Shabbat with the building of the Mishkan. Okay, hang on just a if they would have built the Mishkan other than the way God commanded, then the Kavod would not come and fill the Mishkan. Right. It's sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. So I just want to clarify. So earlier when you're talking about pure and not pure, mm-hmm. this is not necessarily a, a food category, right? This is more of a sacrificial category. Is that correct? Yeah. Food is not an option right now in, in 820, right? If we accept, if we're accepting what we're being taught chronologically in the Torah, Man is, man, Noah's it, not eating that. any of this. Noah's never, uh, our, I think it's our correct and safe and sound presupposition to say Noah has never tasted meat while he's doing this, 820. Right? He's a okay. vegetarian at this point. Everyone is. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so when he talks about clean and unclean animals to put on the ark, this is not necessarily talking about food. It's not it's not talking about food categories. This is talking about appropriate worship, sacrificial categories, right? Okay, Which involves going. slaughtering, right? Flaying, you know, all the things that end up being described, you know, maybe in more detail in Leviticus one. But, I can hear I mean, that. I can hear the people in the in the Hebrew roots and Messianic movement moaning right now. Why is that? Because th- this is often uh, this is often used as uh, uh, ammunition to say, "See, look, God had the the kosher laws." You know this specific passage that talks about Noah. You know, it takes seven clean animals and two unclean animals. See, look, there was already clean and unclean animals as it relates to food. So with with this, you've you've just cut legs out from underneath people. But keep oh, going because right. I, I know what where you're going. Yeah, because chronologically, we we don't want to do the, what you're saying is that that would be an anachronism, right? Like taking something from later right. and then, yeah, because because I I think it's safe to assume. I mean, if if someone wants to challenge the idea that in eight verse twenty of Genesis that Noah's already a meat eater, you've got you've got a job for yourself to prove that. You know, I I I don't think it makes any sense. Um, and so at this point, my presupposition is that Noah, uh, doesn't think that he's a meat eater or that he would ever be a meat eater at this point. His association with this, with the tending of animals that are tahorah and, and birds that are tahor and recognizing them and knowing and differentiating them from the rest of the animal kingdom pertains only to his worship of the creator whom he has faith in and okay, whom he hey, trusts hey, and hey, who saw him through the flood. We have a great question in the, in the chat room okay. now, and this is a clarifying question. So um, Jesse asked the question, does Abel's offering possibly hint at the fact that God permitted people to eat meat before Genesis nine? I say that because he specifically offers the fat. What did he do with the meat? 
uh, I think it was all, I think it was all burnt. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any, um, right. Because, because sacrifice, any, sacrifices were not for, for man, for God and man sacrifices were for God only. Yeah. And, and it could be now, now that's, that's a, that's a really great question. Cause it gets us now, it, it would draw us into the text of, of the earlier section of Genesis there. But my, my initial reaction would just be that the detail of, and, and it's fat and the fat thereof, or however that's worded is to say that, uh, Abel did not retain anything for his own benefit. Even if he was going to use the animal fat for, um, I don't know, whatever you might use fat for, you know, um, not as a food, but as, as something practical in, in life, you know, maybe a topical balm or something even, I don't know. But, uh, the idea is that got a broken leg. Yeah. fat <laughs> rub some fat on it <laughs> well you know, i mean there was a lot of practical uses for you know all the, these different parts of the animal so i would say that it, that he didn't retain any and that's that's to what an ola is you know right. burn offering is something that's it is consumed um now what we have here then is in 821 is this we're told by the Torah that it, this was acceptable, that Noah's worship using, that he properly, and what's implied is that he properly discerned what was appropriate from the animal kingdom, and he properly offered them as a, as a burnt offering on the Mizbeach. It was all acceptable. And then and then it says, the Lord said to himself, right? Or the Lord said, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, right? So this is this is part of this this worship that, that's going on. This is what um, the Lord expresses here: uh, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. And that kietzer lev adam ra menurav. That's right back to is it chapter six uh, in Genesis where it says his every thought of his heart is only evil continually before the flood, right? So this is a kind of a bookend. But what's the bookend to this whole flood thing? What, what do we see at the beginning and the end? We see in, in the Lord's own words describing the evil inclination right. of man's heart. Right. Um, and then he says, I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. And this is heavy stuff, you know? Right. And then he says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. And, and the word there, Yeshubotu, there at the very end of chapter 20, of verse 22, is will not, Shabbat, will not cease. Here we know the word Shabbat means will not cease. That means, um, you know, you're going to have this seed time and harvest, cold heat, summer, winter, etc. Um, and then, now we get into our chapter 9. Elohim et noach et benav. And God, or Elohim, blessed Noah and his son. So this is, even though we start a new chapter here, I we're, you know, this is part of the same. Yeah, God thought. didn't make the chapter markers. Right. <laughs> and then he says, he he renews kind of from Gen back to Genesis uh, from the beginning. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, right? Back to the original marching orders for man made in God's image. The fear of you, the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth. Right, all the living things of the earth, every bird of the sky, everything that creeps on the ground, all the fish of the sea, into your hand they are given. You have authority. So this is a blessing to Noah and to his sons. That is, this authority is given into their hands, and they, the recipients of this authority, are. They're, it's not a, they're not uh, putting this into a blank file folder in their brain. They already have a file folder that differentiate, has a, dif, a, a differentiation of the animal kingdom from God's perspective that, is a, that, it, that has been verified as right. So this now, God's giving over to them an authority here. And then verse 3 is the next thing. Kol remes asher hu chai, lachem all, kol, right? Uh, it says every in, in your English uh, translation, yeah. In the NASB, 
every moving thing that is alive, lachem, which is to you all, it will be for food for you all. Um, and then, and so that's that's one of the verses we have to pause at. And but then let's finish this verse. And then it says, Ke Yerek Esev. Just as the Yerek Esev, uh, every green plant, Natati Lachem, I have given to you et kol, everything. Just as the Yerek Esev. So now we have to go, well, what does that mean? What is the uh, what is the, the, the key essay? to the door? Yes, keep going. Well, this is it. So what? Remember, this is back. This is to Noah and to his sons, right? Lachem is plural to you all, which happens to be the only people on the planet now, right? This is where my mind got blown the other day. So keep going. Well, they okay. I I don't remember how your mind got blown, but so the uh, the Yerek Esev. Well, you could look at that. Well, green plant, just as I gave you the every green plant, you're like, well, where's that? So if you go back, it turns out, well, that's in Genesis one. Right. There's only one other place in all the scriptures where we have this word Yerek Esev. And if we go back and we can find that and it's, um, let's see here. I lost the verse. One, was it one? I'm sorry, my computer. Uh, I thought I had it highlighted here. And his momentum dies. No, that's all right. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. All right, chat room. Oh, I see what I did. I expanded my accordion. You know how you can expand the verse range? Yep. I had that cranked. So I was like in the middle of the weeds out in the middle of nowhere. Okay, here we go. Because it expands how, you know, you find your search verse and right. then you can expand it. Okay. So I go back to Genesis 1, the other blessing, right? Genesis 1, 28. Elohim, right? Elohim. And Elohim blessed them and said to them the same thing. Be fruitful, right? Uh, and uh, multiply. Um, fill the earth. Subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So this is the same kind of language that's reinstated after right. the flood. Then Elohim said, Behold, I have given you every, every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth. And every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. Okay. This is not the same word that we see in Genesis 9.3. This is Esef Zorea Zera, plant that seeds seeds. Plant that, that, that literally sows seed which is in itself, right? That's, that's what the point is here. We, we don't see the, the word that we learn from Genesis 9-3 until the next verse, that word Yerek Esif, and that's verse 30. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. The Yerek Esif. So the only place... The only two places in all of Scripture that you see this phrase, Yerek Esev, is Genesis 9-3, our verse that we're looking at today, and here in Genesis one thirty, which is food given to whom? The to beasts. the animals. Right. And so, and then, what do we know from Genesis 1? We know that God has made, uh, God has made man in his own image. Well, if we go and we look at um, what we learned back. So let's pause, let's put a pin in that. And then let's go back to our, our Genesis passage uh, from chapter nine and just, we just continue on. Just, just, I mean, and this was already mentioned in the chat room, but this has, has implications also in the Deuteronomy 14 passage. What is it? Deuteronomy 14, 21. Oh, what just happened? Okay, good. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. My screens went off. But I'm good. Okay, Deuteronomy 14. I believe it's 21. Let's see. You shall not eat anything that has died naturally. You may give it to the sojourner who is within your towns. So this will tie in. Keep going. Okay. So let's get. So we're back to Genesis 9, and we've just been reading. So we just finished verse 3, and we noticed that uh, Yerek Esev, as the Yerek Esev, I have given to you everything. That the Yerek Esev 
does not refer back to the food that that were uh, the seal the seed yielding plants that were given to man specifically, but to what was given to all the animal kingdom. And he's like, well, why would why would the Torah say that? Why wouldn't it say just as I gave to the first Adam, you know, uh, plants, I've given you now everything. Right. Why does why does the Torah take our attention back to what was given to the beasts of the field and all the all the creeping things? And then it says in verse four, only ak. So now we have our our limitation is this word ak basar benafsho damo lo tochelu, which means but the the flesh benafsho damo who's which with the blood in its uh, itself you will not eat. So. Um, now we have the tie to why does it say this? And then it says ve'ak. And so verse four and verse five have this word ak, which are qualifiers to this early thing, this permission to eat meat. Um, and it says, and also your blood for your nef your nefesh, I will require. I'm sorry, I, it's, I should just eat, read the translation. Surely I will require, I don't even like the NASB here, your lifeblood, it says. He goes to the English and then he's yeah, like, oh, and this then it's trash. like disappointment. <laughs> from every beast, I will require it. From every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. So now what he's saying is, and, and as we finish here, we'll see why. Because man is unique from the animals. Right. Man a man can slaughter an animal, but an animal cannot slaughter a man. If a man, if an animal kills a man, that animal will be put to death. If a man slaughters another man, that man will be put to death. But a, but a man can slaughter an animal. And there's a difference. And the difference is because Adam is made in the image of, of God. Of God. Right. So the, this core, this whole thing has to do with humans are unique from the animal kingdom. Humans are made in the, the image of God. Blood is not to be eaten. Uh, a man can slaughter a, uh, an animal, but cannot consume the blood, must not consume the blood. Um, and, and then it, and then um, it, verse six, whoever sheds, it gives it in the nice, you know, shofek dam ha'adam, ba'adam damo yishafek, which is just, you know, the one who slaughters or sheds, pours out the blood of a man, by man, his blood will be poured out. So, uh, and that says, ki, ki patselem Elohim asa et ha'adam, because in the image of Elohim, Elohim made man. And then he says, and then he, the final bookend, now, and you all, be fruitful, multiply, populate the earth in abundance. So that so we have this whole blessing is kind of in its own little what we call inclusio here. Go ahead, Caleb. Well, so the, one of the things that we also like, one of the things that my mind also goes to is basically what I hear you saying is the only time that man now is is really um, the only kind of things that there's meat that that how do I want to phrase this? There's meat that you wouldn't offer on an altar, but you can eat, right? So in other words, do you mean? Oh, do you mean like like let's say deer from the from the Torah later? Right. What we learn in the Torah, right? Yeah, like a deer, like yeah, like. Um, but it seems at this point the eating of meat you can't offer according to the Torah. You could not offer a deer for a burnt offering, for right. example. So so it seems like at this point, although you could you could slaughter a deer properly and eat it. It seems like what you're basically what I'm hearing you say is at this point. Basically, God says, meat is, you can eat meat, but covenant members are still, they're able to partake in offering now, but they're still restricted by, in other words, if you're in covenant relationship with God, you're still bound by the covenant, right? He doesn't, yes, but he does, what what we see is he's not stipulating that. He's giving it, he's, he's actually, it's pretty amazing what he's doing here. He's acknowledging and stating the evil intent of men of mankind right He's, he doesn't say that that went away 
As a matter of fact, it, we saw at the he end states of chapter that it, it's still there, right? Yeah. He says, I'm, he's just saying, I'm not going to curse the ground. Because remember, up to this point, I mean, there's a lot of eating. Remember, the, the first transgression was about what to eat and what not to eat. Food, right. In the garden. Eat this, don't eat that. We don't even have to think clean, unclean. It's just eat this, don't eat that. Well, what happened? The, the thou shalt not eat got eaten. And then they were excluded from the tree of life. And it said, guard it, don't let them, lest they eat from the tree of life. They, they do not have access now to eat what originally they had access to eat. And it, the consequences, obviously, of the fall are, are like, Noah understands this. You know, he knows, he knows what has happened. And so he knows that it has to do with eating. The very, the very first transgression and the reason of, of, of sin coming into the world had to do with disobeying God's command pertaining to what eat and what not to eat. And, and so that's deeply ingrained here. The, word, the verb to eat is used throughout the garden thing. And then the curse, subsequent curse, is that the, the serpent is going to eat dust. So even the consequences now have to do with eating. The serpent is going to eat dust, and man is going to eat bread only by the sweat of his brow and by, by hard toil, because the land itself is cursed. And so the survive, the eat, he has to now uh, eat by great labor. It's not, it's not going to just come. And so uh, the eating. Um, In other words, the, gro- here, the ground is cursed at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so after the flood, um, we see this and he says back to, you know, 821, for the yetzer of the heart of man is evil from his youth. There's a, he's, this is true of Noah and his sons. The fact that Noah has redeeming faith is, is a grace of God. Right. Not, not, and the fact of Noah's faith and then acts of obedience based on that faith that is then, such as this burnt offering, acceptable to God is not based on Noah's works. It's based on faith because Noah's, Noah has the old Adam, right. just like we all do. He's got this, this Yetzer Ra. There's no Yetzer Tov in the Bible. That's a later rabbinic invention, the good inclination. So people there's are, people there's are gonna, no good inclination. Pe- yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But people are going to ask, okay, so break it down. What is this passage talking okay. about? Okay, so now we come back. And we recognize that that this blessing, again, that God is giving to Noah and his sons, he's giving to humanity that is still has the problem of evil. And he's giving them over to, to hey, look, you can now eat meat. You can now eat animals. Where up to this point, there, Noah's experience with the animal kingdom was his discernment of what was clean over what was unclean, and then the slaughtering. Noah's seen a lot of blood. He's seen a lot of meat. He smelled meat cooking, right? I mean, that's what a burnt offering is. It's a giant barbecue for God. No one else can eat anything of it, right? I, wonder, I mean, somebody who's like vegetarian and or vegan from birth, when you yeah. smell meat cooking, does what it, it smell that, good? This is a unique thing. I, I, it's hard to imagine. What does it that smell good like. or does it smell disgusting? But it's but it wasn't permitted to him. <clears throat> right. Now what happens is that there's a, a transition has happened, and he's saying now you you are permitted to eat meat. I I have no question that you know no, it. I don't think it entered into Noah's heart that he was going to go find a pig now and slaughter it and eat it, because I think that because... Noah's life, being a man of faith and true worship, worship that is acceptable to God reasoned now that he has this authority he used wisdom and he thought i'm going to now eat something myself and put in my own body that up to now my whole life the experience has only been for god and now he's going to share share it with god so the only difference here right noah doesn't need to learn how to slaughter an animal he doesn't know how to parse a carcass Right, he doesn't need to know. He doesn't need instruction on um, the different, you know, rib versus 
loin versus, you know, all the different kind of dudes, uh, a butcher. What's that? Dudes, a butcher. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had termin he terminology for all this stuff for, you know, the, the names of the pieces of, uh, like the shoulder and all these things. So my argument is that Noah understood that the creator who created heaven and earth that provided food that provided for his rescue and salvation from the judgment of the flood, the recognition of the sinful heart of man, the fear of sin, the knowledge that the sin that expul that got Adam and Eve, you know, his great, great, great grandparents kicked out of the garden was a sin concerning eating. I think that is only the only logical way to understand this in my view is that Noah saw eating as as a subset of his act of worship. Right. I don't mean to say that every time he offered an animal that he put uh, put it on the altar. We don't know that. Um, but because uh, we're not we're not told that. But we, there's there's no reason to imagine. I remember someone joked somewhere. Oh, Noah ate pork. You know, and it's like. I mean, what, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, if we, if we understand that Noah is, has a, a living relationship with God, that he walked with God and that he was obedient, as it says time and time again, that Noah obeyed and Noah did just as the Lord said in building the ark and then had the, the burnt offerings here in chapter nine that were, or end of chapter eight, they were an acceptable, uh, they were acceptable aroma, soothing aroma to the, to the Lord, then we have every reason, every sound reason to understand that Noah, once, once he had the permission to eat meat, that he recognized the differentiation between clean and what was not, or tahor and lo tahor, maintained, and that he would continue to worship God, and that he didn't envision participating in the sacrifice or slaughtering an animal as something secular, as something apart from his life of worship. And this is only, con this is only confirmed later. I mean, what, what is the problem in of the children of Israel in the wilderness, for example? Well, is that they go and they, they eat animals slaughtered to other gods, like the, remember the Moabites, right? The Baal Peor. And they end up worshiping other gods. So the eating the, the slaughtering of meat and the eating of meat, well, should should say this, the slaughtering of meat, the offering it up in worship is core. The slaughtering of meat and participating in, in eating what has been slaughtered is also part of worship. And throughout the Bible, you see if, if some other people are slaughtering and worshiping, it, it's not apart from their worship of some other you know, whatever, you know, demon they have or whatever they've dreamed up as a worship. And, and so eating and worship are, are totally uh, integral. And, you know, we're, we're separated that from that today. You know, we don't see that in our daily life. This goes, this actually goes into a realm that I've been in, in the past week or two. And that is the idea of breaking bread. In other words, fellowship in meal is a form of worship. We sit down at, at lunch or dinner or breakfast or whatever with somebody else, and we just see it as sitting down to eat. But that's not the way that it's presented in the scriptures. Eating with somebody else is seen as, as worship, and God is included in it. It's harder to argue. Yeah, right. And back, just back to the Noah. I mean, try the, the alternative to, to what I'm suggesting here is the, is the proper way to understand this. The alternative is to say that Noah went out and started eating pigs and it's like right. i mean if you want to believe that it it it's it does not cohere it's an incoherent line of of reasoning in in my view well the reason with, the with respect reason, to the bible the reason that and the once again the reason that this is is uh the reason that this would not be uh coherent with the bible is because god's holiness does not change i do not change therefore the sons of israel are not consumed in other words, God's holiness doesn't change. If today, or if before Yeshua died, whatever you want to say, it was a sin to eat pork, then it was a sin to eat pork 
in Noah's day. It was a, it's a sin to eat pork now. Sin is sin. It's it's a mark against God's holiness. I wouldn't holiness. even say it wouldn't be law. It, it if if we understand if we take Noah as a man of faith, who goes from vegetarian, but happily slaughtering animals that he understands properly and according to God's definition of what is tehorah, what is pure, slaughtering the animal, draining the blood, chopping up the carcass, putting it on the fire, smelling the meat cook, but he's a total vegetarian, going from that to a meat eater and still being a man of faith, the, the, only, the, the only coherent thought is that he would associate eating with worship that now he has that because remember even in the torah the it uses the verb ahal for god's altar consuming the sacrifice it's like it could it's um the idea is that god is actually consuming that food that's that's an important side here right that the burnt offering is actually, uh, God is enjoying it. The metaphor is that God is enjoying this food. So that, so when the, when the it says, now you are going to be, a, you can be a part, a partaker here. Noah just doesn't now all of a sudden say, Oh, I've got all these things I've wanted to eat and try like the frog or the, right. or the snail or the, the lizard or, um, you know, or the vulture. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think those thoughts entered, you know, um, I think if they entered his heart, it entered in the, e- the evil inclination side, and he recognized by faith is like, wait a minute, this is uh, there's no less part of my life that is worshipful now. And and that the, as the as the Torah continues, we know that this is we we know that like like in chapter eighteen, right, where in Genesis where Abraham offers, but you know, food, and he doesn't go grab, he doesn't say go grab a pig, right, you know. And feed the three strangers here, you know. So, well, why, why not? I mean, that would be a perfect example. There'd be, you know, there's plenty of opportunities where the Torah could teach us that, you know, it was okay to eat pig, and then it was no longer okay, and then it became okay again, right? I mean, there's <laughs> there's plenty of opportunity for that to have been taught to us, but it it hasn't. It's not there. I agree. This, this and this ties over into a lot of things, and maybe next time we I, there's the whole uh, important discussion of Romans fourteen, 14 which we didn't even get to, and yeah. um, and also that that the body is the temple, right? That that how we understand our and this becomes clear in Yeshua's teaching, or and then later Paul unpacks it even more that that your body is is a temple that that you. You worship your God. You worship God with your body, as much as with your mind, right? Yeah. One of the things that I think, and and so eat, and so eating that that even highlights this whole sacrifice uh, understanding even more. Of like, if I'm uh, if I'm consuming food, and this is like a temple, right? This is a, a, a an altar, right? That worship of God is happening right now. So uh, the biggest abomination that we know from the the whole story of Hanukkah is they took a pig, right, or pigs plural, and slaughtered them uh, up in the temple. Gary asks a great question. He says, "So are you saying that eating of, I'm sorry, let me start again. So are you saying that eating of meat, the eating of meat, is a concession to the evil inclination?" That's a good question, and I I don't know. Um, I, I would have to chew on that, but I would say that back to our Genesis 9, 1 through 7, man is likened unto, well, even the end of chapter 8, man is likened unto an animal now, right? I mean, just as I gave the Yerik Esev, that, yeah, and, that and, and the God, other... God is acknowledging the fallenness of man. He's acknowledging clearly the Yetzer Ra. Yeah, and here, and he's not trying to change it. There's, there's he, God a, is at this point is not telling them to change this Yetzirah. He's it's it's this is like a, a concession. Yeah, it seems it, it, you know, and I've I've had discussions recently on what what kind of death came into the world when when the fall happened. Was it just 
the death of mankind or um, was it death in terms of animals too? Was there no death whatsoever? Certainly the world worked um, in some way. So, I mean, I've had all these conversations, but the question is, is once everything is made right, new heaven and new earth, will there be death at all? In other words, death of animals and humans. Because then the question would have to be posed, will we go back to a vegetarian slash vegan diet at that point? Or will, because it seems as though there are still sacrifices in the heavenly temple or what, you know, the, at that point it's earthly slash heavenly temple, right? Because the heavenly temple's on earth with us. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And I, I don't. I'm not going to even try to pose an answer. Yeah, and it pushes us right to the very edge of our ability to know things, such as like, well, what is what is life? What does it mean that we have life? What does it mean that we have a nephesh that that breathes and is living? I mean, these are the words that we see throughout here too that are get confusing in the um, uh, in this passage here. You've got the word basar, right? Meat, right? You've got nephesh. You've got dam, which is the word for blood. Um. And all these are, and then that, and then that it would that the Lord Himself will, He will uh, require. So now the shedding of blood is it is like an economic transaction that absolutely in every case is in God's ledger. Now, if it's a if it's a a man killing a man, it goes into a certain ledger. If it's a beast killing a man it goes into a certain ledger that that beast has to die. There's a, there's like a, an accounting here, but a man is able to slaughter an animal for the purpose of food, right? It, but the blood then is still, so even w- whether the blood is eaten goes in the ledger. Right. So there's, uh, there, there does seem to be a, you know, there's a legal instruction here a legal framework to understand the economy now and how it's shifted. Um, and, uh, but I, I don't think Noah ever ate anything uh, a, a, apart from his larger worldview, which was one of worship, one of acceptable worship. He knew what faith was. He knew that God's grace and he was a recipient of God's blessing. But what do you see as the generations go on? It's a narrow line right? It, it's, it, there's a knowledge that's preserved, but obviously other nations went and, and did not, uh, they end up eating blood. They end up eating all sorts of unclean things. And of course, so, the Torah then becomes more and more, um, Gary, articulated. Makes, Gary makes a fantastic observation. What's that? We know our master ate fish. Yeah. So in other words, if Yeshua eats fish, it's not of the evil inclination, right? It's not giving over the evil inclination. Good. Point. Oh, that's I see. I see. Back to that question yeah, of is it a concession? Point. Yeah. Yeah. F- fantastic point. Sure. Excellent. Sure. And that well, and the evil inclination was there even with Abel, Cain, and Abel, right? I mean, so it's not there was not more evil inclination in the world like in Genesis nine than there was with Cain and Abel. I don't. I don't think, I think that they were all post fall they all had the same problem. Right. But um, the point is that Yeshua didn't have an evil inclination. Right. Well, he, he, he was tempted. I mean, he became likened to the brothers. I mean, he, he was not a sinner. Yeah. The, so, sin, the sin was not passed down to him from Adam. That's the point. Oh, I see what you mean from the, from that. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. That's that's I mean that's that's really good stuff, right? I, um, and so I'm gonna have to chew on those. I I was thinking more for the question at hand, but those are really good points. Um, what's the na- and kind of to summarize that? What's the nature of that of this God smelling the pleasing aroma here at the end of chapter eight of Genesis, acknowledging the continued problem of evil in the inclination of the heart of man, um, and then this you know, this statement, this strange statement in chapter three about the Yerik Esev, just as I gave the Yerik Esev, well, that was for the animals of the field. And so is it, is it man has fallen so far? They need to know that they're, they need this basic instruction. 
Um, I don't know about could, you, but I'm getting a hankering for a steak right now. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been an interesting and fun conversation, as it always is. Um, and uh, we're glad that everybody joined us. We had a lot of people, lots of people in the chat room today. And it was good to see everyone in the conversation that went on. Um, yeah. So I leave tomorrow for Moses Lake. And uh, if you're going to be at that conference, then come by the booth. I'd love to see you. And uh, if you're not, then join us next week. We'll be here at the same time. Um, we're not taking a, I don't think we're going to try to take a week off until the first week in April. Correct. So that's, that's actually, right. that's actually doing pretty good. Normally we take at least one week, a quarter off and uh, we are not taking one off this quarter, but we might have to take two off next quarter. So we'll see. Um, we yeah. might do, we might, depending on logistics, uh, that second week of April, we might have a show where I'm in Jerusalem and we'll do like we did a couple years ago. Right. That'd be fun. Yeah. Those are always fun. So, uh, yeah, give us a call. Be part of the conversation. You can call us at 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. You can also send us emails, chag at torresource.com. We hope that this conversation did one thing and one thing only. That is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Because Messiah matters. Messiah matters.